Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody, it's Nancy McCrady. Welcome to Tent Talk. I am so glad today to be able to introduce you to my friend, Matt Bennett. President of Spirit Life Ministries, a tremendous, tremendous guy with a heart for missions, uh, especially the nation of Turkey. I love the way he shares how God personally broke him of racist, prejudicial things and really opened his heart to the nations. So take a listen. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the depth of this time together on the Open Table interview with Matt Bennett. Hope it presses you further in your walk with God. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad that we're together today here on Tent Talk. And I love the episodes that I get to do that are called the Open Table Interview, where I get to bring in folks that I know that I really, really like and to get to share them with you. So today, my Open Table Interview is with my good friend, Matt Bennett. We are sitting right here at the Abbey of the Promised Land in Oklahoma City, uh, getting ready to do an event. And so I've asked him to be my guest today so that you can meet him, hear what he thinks, and hear what he sees. And uh, so Matt Bennett is here with us, and he is president of Spirit Life Ministries. So, hey, Matt, how are you? Thank you. It's great to be here with you today, Nancy. And uh, uh, I believe this, this is a great honor for me to be here and to share with your your followers um, what God is doing. Yeah, it's great. I love it because the relational connections are just how things are moving. It's not, um, you know, just, you know, cold-hearted things that we're about these That's days. Right. These are the things and the times of relational connections where God is making things happen because he's bringing people together and they're all headed in the same direction. And I love that we are getting to make those kinds of connections together. So just let's open up and just tell us a little bit about what it means to be president of Spirit Life Ministries and how you got there. Wow, that's a, that's a, uh, a big question there. Um, my wife and I actually... Uh, I started in missions in 1993. We lived in London, England, working with the Center for International Christian Ministries, a Bible school, training international uh, pastors and leaders from around the world to be uh, missionaries in the urban setting, but also international missionaries leaving their country, going to another country. We had a wonderful time there. And, uh, and then later God called us into the Muslim world. We spent six years working with Turkish-speaking people wow in London, England, and planting churches in Romania, Turkey, different parts of Turkey, and raising up leaders in that uh, predominantly Muslim nation. 99.8% of that population is Muslim. Wow. Um, and then about 12 years ago, uh, I was invited to come to Oklahoma City to run a humanitarian organization called People to People Ministries, and we did development, relief work, natural disasters, child sponsorship, and the like. And then about a year and a half ago, uh, God brought me into a place of transition. And uh, funny how God does that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm laughing because like transition is a really nice word for a shift. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Big shift for 
everybody. That's know? right. So it was a, a, it was a place of transition. And uh, Janice's mom and dad had started Spirit Life Ministries in 2003. Um, uh, he, he had a life calling on his heart and in his life to uh, talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, manifestation gifts, and such. And he's been around the world teaching mm-hmm. and preaching about the Holy Spirit. And when I made that transition, uh, Garnet Francis came to me and said, we feel it's time to hand over Spirit Life Ministries to you and, and, and you and to Janice, my wife. And, uh, and so we prayed about that and felt like, hey, this is what we need to do. And so we've kind of brought uh, a different perspective. Uh, we've added to it. Um, and I think it flows right hand in hand with what we do in missions because the Holy Spirit was given, why? To empower right. us to be witnesses That's in Jerusalem, right. Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so um, so we equip people uh, for ministry, both here in the United States and abroad. We equip them to do uh, just evangelism here, uh, in their workplace, at university, whatever. Um, in our everyday world, where we are. Everyday we world, that. where we're at. We want to equip the body of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. And but we also travel internationally and we we train people in cross-cultural communication, we train people in um, uh, world religions, we train people uh, in various subjects and, and and we also emphasize and focus on the Holy Spirit and the yes. gifts of the Holy Spirit because I believe if we're really going to make a difference in the world in which we live today, we need to be empowered by right. his spirit. That is so um, right. And so we're on a mission. We're yes. on a mission with a living God. That's right. That is right. Two things real quick that I know that uh, are also strong in Spirit Life Ministries is your Transformations School of Ministry. You That's oversee correct. that. And then you do have, I want you to just speak quickly so that people out there can That's hear, right. you've got a trip to Turkey coming up that I think is so interesting what you're getting ready to do in uh, end of October, beginning of November. So can you just quickly yes. hit on that? You have Transformation School of Ministries, and then you have this trip to Turkey. Right. Out. So we have three aspects of Spirit Life Ministries. Equip, empower, engage. So we equip people for ministry, and we do that, and we have a, a very structured program called um, uh, Transformational Schools of Ministry. We have one in, in Maui and Hawaii. We have we help a uh, London Bible College in, in London, England with Harold Presley. Uh, we help Steve Willis in Dublin, Virginia, and we have several others that we have helped through the years. Garnet uh, Pike, uh, his whole life has been about um, developing schools and, and creating schools, and that's yes. what he's done. And so these schools of ministries uh, and kind of spinoffs from what we have done mm-hmm. are all over Indonesia, Pakistan, India, around the world, literally around the world. And so we have those, and, and like the one in Hawaii, Nancy, you went there. I was. People don't believe me that I was actually there working, but you can now vouch for That's me right. that she, I was there working. I was. I sent her there on an assignment, and that was uh, to teach. And so we, we actually presently have 41 students That's awesome. in that school, and uh, they're being equipped to be ministers within the body of Christ in their local churches and, and some of them are actually pastoring churches, have gone out to plant churches. And so that's our tr- schools of transformation. Then we want to empower people. We go, we give them resources to put in their hands, uh, both materials, whether it's teaching materials, or maybe a pastor wants to go plant a church in a, in a neighboring village in Africa. He doesn't have the finances. So we come in 
and help him establish a micro business yes. to sustain himself, uh, to give him income so he can do the work of the kingdom. That's right. uh, and then we want to engage the world. And so we go on mission trips around the world. And these are not just mission trips to do mission trips. We want to do very, very strategic mission trips. Yes. And that is uh, one of, uh, and one of those will be coming up in November. And it is a prayer journey to Istanbul and the seven churches of Revelation. Yeah, so listen up, people. This is awesome. And so uh, I, I learned many, many years ago that one of the most powerful things that you can do for a country and for a, a work is to pray and to tear down the strongholds in that nation. In 1999, I've got a picture here on my wall, as, uh, as Nancy can see, uh, about Ephesus celebration. And that's when Peter Wagner and Cindy Jacobs uh, organized a group of prayer and intercession uh, people to go to Turkey. 5,000 of us went to Turkey. We prayed all around the country and then gathered in the amphitheater of Ephesus. Mm. And we prayed there for over four hours proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that was the shift of, of what happened in Turkey. Up until that time, there was only about 400 evangelical believers in the whole nation and very few Pentecostal charismatics. Mm -hmm. But when Ephesus celebration came, and, I, and I'll say, they, they got a lot of criticism, mm -hmm. um, even from the church, mm -hmm. of going there openly proclaiming Jesus Christ. It was on national television mm -hmm. in Turkey in 1999. Summer of 1999. But, you know, we proclaimed, and, and from that time, there has been an explosion within the church in Turkey. Mm. And I say explosion, uh, it's gone to now over 10,000 evangelical Christians mm. in that nation. It doesn't, still doesn't seem like a lot of people, but now we have a foothold That's in right. this Muslim nation. That's right. And so we want to continue that. So every year we want to take uh, prayer teams to those places, pray over those cities, right. pray over the nation. Right. Uh, this was the bastion of Christianity for over 1,500 years. Mm. This is where Paul went on his missionary journeys. This is where the councils met and made uh, um, creeds and and dictated um, teachings and and teachings that we we we, we carry on even today. Mm. It happened in this nation, yes. and uh, it was where. Um, Paul went over into Europe because Turkey, you know, 2% is in Europe, 98% is in, in Asia. So he went from Asia into Europe. So all of this is in the nation of the present-day you know, Turkey. It's so easy for us that we do not oftentimes understand that the places that we know of today, Turkey, and we say, oh yes, Turkey, but we don't understand what those places were back in the Bible. That's right. And so we don't put the correlation to why, why is that location in the news today? Why is everything popping over there? Well, you know, if you look back, this was the hub of where God was working and he still plans to work there. Exactly. And this is so great for us to get educated and to be smart saints who understand where God is working even today. And Satan is still attacking oh, yes. because a hundred years ago in 1990, 20 something percent of the population in Turkey were still Christian. And because of genocides, because of wars, because of misplacement of people and refugees, yeah. those Christians have now either been killed, 
persecuted or left the, they have left the country. Mm-hmm. And so today, now that less one less than one percent of yeah. the whole population is Christian, yeah. folks, we you know we've got to do something That's about right. that. That's right. Jesus Christ wants to come back and reclaim this land yes. for Himself. Yes. Uh, it's not it's not necessarily about land; it's about people. That's but there is seventy million people mm-hmm. in the nation of Turkey that needs to know. They need to know about the the salvation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's been my honor, my privilege since 1997 to go to this nation on a repeated basis and to proclaim that. And listen, we're going into darkness. Yes. God doesn't call us to flee from darkness. Mm-hmm. He calls us to rush into the darkness yes. and to, to, to let His light shine. Well, oftentimes when others are abandoning places, we're called to go in, to run towards chaos. And that's, that's right. why we've got to be stable full of the Holy Spirit. That's why a lot of our stuff has to be dealt with. That's right. Because you don't want to go recklessly exactly. right in. God gets us sober. He gets us ready. He does something within us that is so specific towards where he's sending us that sometimes our circumstances don't make sense to us until we get a little deeper in our assignment and then we go, how brilliant is God that mm-hmm. he's been getting me ready and I didn't even realize because you can't go in places that you're ignorant about. Like many people, right. I think you would say, maybe I say it kindly, are ignorant about the Muslim world and, and our call to them as Christians. If we are ignorant of those things, if we're weak to those things, if our own stability is not set. So this is where um, the discipleship, the, That's right. the inner workings of a person has everything to do with where God can send us and the power of what he's able to do and the fruit that would remain. I know in your heart, you're not looking to this like, let's go over there in November and do something flash in the pan, come home, and there's no fruit to show for that. I know your heart is, let's go, because God's been there before. He's still there. His, his, His word over Turkey is still set, and we need to be a part of the strategic operations of partnering with God in this time. Exactly. And what what he is doing in my life right now in the nation of Turkey and in the Muslim world, uh, God's been doing that work and preparing me for this since I was a little child. Mm. And he's had to bring me a long ways to get me to where I'm at so I can minister effectively um, uh, to to people that are different. And, uh, And our perception of them is a perception of hate, of violence, um, of anti-Christianity. And so, um, you know, God had to break my heart. Yes, please. Break my heart. Let's shift right now and just tell us, Matt, we we hear now what's happening publicly. But, But here on Tent Talk, one of the things that I love for people to hear is what has had to happen personally in you. What has God had to do? Kind of pulling back that curtain. Because I think when people hear this, they realize, well, that's going to have to happen in me. Everybody doesn't just shine. (laughs) Everybody doesn't just get out there in public and and know what to do. There's been this this growing up that God has done. So would you share with us personally what God had to do in breaking? Yes, I'd love to share. Um, You know, in Matthew chapter 22... It says, what is the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment, Jesus says, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And, you know, that's a, we, we think that that's an easy thing to do. Mm. You know, we just have to love God. But then he says, but the second of these, of the commandments, is to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And I just 
be very transparent with you today. I grew up in a very homogeneous uh, community. Um, and that homogeneous that means. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say homogeneous. For, that for means for the listeners. Could you explain that? Like I'm certain I already know the definition of that, but for them, could you explain? That? Homogeneous <laughs> means white vanilla, one color, one culture. Everybody's the same. Everybody's the same. They talk the same. They act the same. They. They uh, they think the same homogeneous unit that yes. and there was uh, uh, and historically the area that I grew up was considered racist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I had uh, in the community I lived there was no nobody else that lived in our community except for white middle class families, mm-hmm. and um, you know it was even in high school um, I had uh, friends from other cultures, but I didn't really realize the. The, how strong those prejudices mm. and uh, I, I would say even racist uh, attitudes mm. were. I grew up mm. that it was a common. It was just yes. common to yes. say certain and if words. And it's all and you've known, you think it's all there is. All there is. Mm. And I was in, uh, I was in high school. I remember the day I was in high school, mm. and I, I had a, a good friend um, that she played uh, an instrument. She sat very close to me. And one day I was just we were kept, in the band together. We were in the, band, close to you in the band, okay? In the band, and uh, she was an uh, African American girl, a friend, a friend of mine. She was in all of my classes, and and we were just. I was talking among my friends, and a certain word came out that was very offensive, mm. and it just came out as a part of normal everyday mm. life for me growing up in this community in Georgia, and. The look that I saw on her face mm. was a, a, a look of devastation, a, a look of, um, I broke her heart mm. by saying that. Mm. And it made me so, it made me sick. It, I, I wanted to, uh, and I apologized profusely. I just said, you know, Tracy, I'm so sorry. I did, I did, it, and, and I never forgot that day. Mm. I never forgot that day, and from that day, I've I've, ne- I've I've tried my best to not only love the Lord my God with all my heart and with all my mind, but to love my neighbor mm-hmm. as myself. Mm-hmm. And and you know I went to university, and you know I grew up. Not only did I grow up in a racist community, but I I grew up with a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. I my uh, I grew up on a farm and. Uh, when I first started going to um, school, when I was um, in first grade, um, the teachers could not understand me when I spoke. And so I went to speech therapy, went to a hospital once or twice a week with my, my parents. And even through school and through high school and even into university, I really had a fear of speaking in front of people. And I had the opportunity to go to Mexico on my first missions trip and I came back from that trip and just felt God did something in my heart, did something in my life. The next summer I went to Europe. I went to the World Cup soccer tournament in 1990, 1990 and then went to London. I was there for about nine weeks. And when I came from that back home from that trip, God had placed inside of me not only a, a boldness and a, 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 he, he helped me to overcome all of my fears. Mm-hmm. Um, I was speaking on the streets of, of, of Rome. 
Uh, we did dramas in London, all around London. I spoke in churches. Wow. I went to African churches. I went to Filipino churches. I went to uh, all types of different cultural churches. I was going to the nations. And, you know, I believe that the Holy Spirit has been given, given to us to embolden us yes. to go to those places. And that's exactly what happened. I went there and God poured in His Holy Spirit in my life. Mm. And not only did I overcome that fear, and the, uh, but He also broke all those prejudices yes, and yes. those racist attitudes or that I didn't even know. Sometimes I didn't even know I ex- it, they existed, mm-hmm. right? That's and right. he just broke those off of my life. Mm-hmm. And when I came back home in 1990, I could see clearly, see so clearly how the church here in America sometimes, they don't, they're not even aware mm-hmm. of those attitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that when God has to break us mm. of something that's so deep in us, it's a part of the effect of that is that we now see mm-hmm. what we were once in or what was once in us. We see it with such a clarity we can never unsee it. You know, there's an old oh. saying that says, you know, like if you see somebody in a precarious situation or you see something and you're like, oh, well, mm, I'm not ever going to be able to unsee that because it makes such an impression on you. So it requires something so deep and personal because we don't go out wagging our finger at others. We're not saying, oh, you have done this. We're like, I saw this deep within me. And so now I can't not see it, which is the correlation between what God does in us personally and how he's going to use us as a fine-tuned weapon, if you will, in the best way possible, I mean weapon, in the best way possible, not to destroy, but to go after that which hinders his move. That's right. And so, and it's, and it's a continuing work. It's yes. not just a work that happened in the band room and in, in 1988, but it's a continuing work in my life. Yes. Uh, we, uh, I was in Boston two years ago and I came up out of the subway and there was a big banner on a church and it said, love your Muslim neighbor. Mm. And when the, the first second I saw that, how could they how could they put that out there just on this big huge sign on the outside of the church and then i thought that's what we should be doing right that's what we should be doing and so even i who have been in you know i've worked in the muslim world i've been around i've been to indonesia i've been to bangladesh i've been to all these muslim countries yes, and yet still god is working and moving yes. and challenging yes. me to go deeper because i know from what we've talked about and what i've seen when you post on facebook because you've recently gone back in right. this That's shift right. and transition in this last year and a half you've been what i'd call on your like reunion tour you know you've That's kind right. of gone back through and you you ran into people and this is what i love this is what i love and why i wanted to have you on is because you are not just proclaiming this from a pulpit. You roll up your sleeves, you're like in the market, you're revisiting guys, you're seeing them, you're talking with them, because this to me is like the crux of discipleship, the crux of one disciple, whatever the specialty might be, let's say, you know, of how God lives through Matt Bennett in, in this unique way, 
But this is one disciple provoking others to know him, follow him, live like him. And this is what I love is that you're not just out there, you know, preaching it and then turn the lights off, you know, service is over, go home and do nothing about it. You're the guy that's like, okay, could service please be over? <laughs> exactly. Could service please be over so that we can get on with getting out there and you were meeting guys and and could you just tell like that one story from this recent trip because to me it so says you know love your muslim neighbor is you ran into a guy that you'd known years ago and y'all were at the hotel he worked at a hotel that's right yeah so can you just tell that briefly uh, really quickly um in 1999 when i went on this ephesus yes. celebration yes uh i met a doorman and uh, his name is Jengis. And I met him uh, at the Kudermar Hotel outside of Ephesus. Mm. And, and I gave him a Jesus film, and I gave him a Bible. And he was like, I don't, you know, I'm a Muslim. I don't want anything to do with this. I said, but, you know, please read it. And mm. every day we'd come in, and we were there for a week. And every day I'd, you know, how are you doing? And built a little bit of a, you know, friendly relationship mm -hmm. with him, but didn't really know him that well. Right. And then uh, later that year... Uh, I was in London. I met these uh, three Turkish people on the streets of London. And one of them, uh, her name is uh, Sicil Shemzek, and she was a, a, a young lady, and she had just recently moved to London, and she was a Christian. Mm -hmm. And it just surprised me so because there's so few yes. Christians yes. Uh, among the Turkish people. And so I invited her, uh, her and her two friends to our house, and they started coming to our house on several occasions. And so it was around Christmas time in 1999, and I said, um, hey, listen, I'm going back to Ephesus. I'm going back to Turkey, and uh, I'm going there to set up a conference I'm doing. And she said, oh, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to Ephesus. And she said, what hotel are you staying at? And I said, the Kudermar Hotel. And she said, oh, I used to work at the Kudermar Hotel. <laughs> I said, oh, you got to be kidding me. And of all the places in all of Turkey, she worked at them. She said, well, when were you there? And I said, I was there for the Ephesus celebration back in, back in the fall. And she said, I was there during that time. I was working in um, the reservations, but you probably didn't see me because I wasn't at the desk. And she said, y'all had about 5,000 people in the country, and I saw you on TV and all this stuff. And I said, that's, that's correct. She said, would you please tell everyone I said hello uh, at the hotel? And I said, sure. So the next month, I go, and it was in January 2000, I go there, I walk up to the desk, I said, hello, everybody, Shachil said to say hello, and they were like surprised, they were like, oh, how do you know her, and I was carrying on the conversation. Well, later that day, I saw Zangus, this doorman that I had given a Bible and Jesus film to, and, uh, and so in the course of our conversation, having a cup of tea together, I said, oh, by the way, Shachil Shimshek said to say hello, and she was he was like, what? What are you talking about? And he was really, really surprised. And I said, what, what's going on? And he said, I used to be engaged to this young lady. I was, I was going to marry her, but she became a Christian. And, and because I'm a Muslim, I, I, wanted to, I broke off the relationship. And so she was so embarrassed because it's an honor and shame society, mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. She was so embarrassed, so dishonored, she had to leave. And, uh, and she left and went to London. And, uh, and so he believes, and I believe, listen, this is not just a coincidence, uh -huh. right? 
God orchestrated this. God put this together. That's right. And for Muslims, they see this as a power encounter, mm. right? Mm. And so over the next couple of days, talking to him and sharing with him, he came to the conclusion that what I was telling him was the truth. Wow. And he said, I know what you're telling me is the truth, and I want to be a follower mm. of Jesus Christ. Mm. And so I, I was able to lead him in a prayer put him in contact with the church. And over the course of years, he got married, he had children, and I'd lost contact with him. Because that was the year 2000. That was the year 2000. Okay. I'd seen him one or two times, maybe in 90, uh, 2004, 2005, but never really a strong mm -hmm. contact. Mm -hmm. I was there just a few months ago. He saw me on Facebook that I was in Ephesus and said, hey, I would like to have dinner with you. And I said, well, uh, I'd love to. I'm here in the city. I'm checking out some hotels um, in a specific hotel that I was going to stay at when I, I bring this group over in November. And he said, okay, well, I'll meet you at that hotel. Which hotel is it? <laughs> and I said, the, the Charisma Hotel. And he said, I am the general manager of that hotel. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? That is so amazing. This is the thread of how God will knit everything together. And you just think that is so powerful, how God would do that. So, That's amazing. So years ago, Richard Clinton, um, Bobby Clinton's uh, son out of Fuller, he said, Matt, you've gone to school. You've learned how to be a missiologist. You've written strategies of how to reach unreached and unengaged peoples around the mm -hmm. world. The Holy Spirit is now telling you to take all of that, mm -hmm. wad it up in a, in a ball, and throw it in the trash can because I'm going to use, God was saying, I'm going to use the Holy Spirit in your life and as you walk through the streets, you're going to see miracles happen. And sometimes we think, well, we're going to see miracles in the sense of like, like physical healings. And, and those things do happen. Yes. But the orchestration mm. of events Absolutely. and relationships and are miracles. They are. They are miracles. And, uh, and yeah, if you think about everything you shared, coming from Georgia... Everything that had to happen. That's right. Every stronghold coming down, everything challenged, everything, every bit of it leading towards you walking this out with God, going to places you've never been. Those very things would have been barriers before. Mm -hmm. But you see the provenient grace of God where He goes before us. We see it in everything that He is doing. This is phenomenal. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. And so now is he still the general manager at this hotel? He's, he's still there and he's hoping to see us in, in, in November. November when we're there. That is amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the kind of, of work that I love to see and love to provoke in people personally, and in what God's going to do in them, in their assignment, um, is because if the, the public pulpit, That's right. as necessary as it is, because one must hear, but the public pulpit can never accomplish what only the Holy Spirit can do in us in private. Mm -hmm. And so to hear that He has been working in you all this time, and now you're in this powerful shift of your life, and, and in this last year and a half, here God has been 
just orchestrating. And let me just ask, uh, Matt, has there been any risk-taking in the last uh, year and a half? Has there been anything that you can share with people to say, you know, now is the time. Do what he's telling you to do. So is there risk? There's, there's <laughs> tremendous risk. And, you know, I guess uh, like an old, um, I say old missionary, a missionary long ago, an elderly, he said, you know, if God asked me to, to give him my beat-up VW bug, um, I'm going to say, what, God? This is the only thing that I have. Mm. But he says, but I want to give you a Mercedes to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have given up and what I put at risk is nothing compared to what God wants right. to give me. That's right. Yes, I made a transition out of something that I've known for a long, long That's time. Right. Right. And I and I went into a place of like not knowing for a few months. Yes. And I saw this opportunity to 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 direct a graduate school program, a master's degree. And after being there for a year, I just just came to the conclusion. I knew that it was not for me. That God had called me to the nations. Yes. That God had called me to unreached people groups. He'd called me to help others to understand what it means to love your neighbor. Yes. Deeply. Yes. Right. Yes. And uh, and I just. I just made that decision, and so May the fourth of this this year, I quit my job, and so and just kind of step out on faith, and now I'm just living by faith and saying, God, who do you want to who do you want me to talk to today, right? And uh, it just simplifies life. It does. It does. It simplifies life, but at the same time, it makes you very very dependent on That's Him. Right. And I would say that uh, it, one of the greatest challenges that we're facing in America and the church in America is that we have, we have made America our idol. Mm. We have come, we, we have fallen in love with our nation more than we have. We, we love God. And so when I go to churches and when I go to universities now, and when I talk to people on the street and just talk to people in a, in a casual conversation at lunch, I try to encourage them to look beyond the idols that we have erected in our lives, to, to, to look beyond the nationalism and the patriotism that we have established. And, and I'm very thankful for living here in America. I'm very, very thankful. Yes. I've, been, I've been to South Sudan. I've been to Myanmar. Right. I've been to Cambodia. I've seen right. the places that I don't want to live, right? right. I've That's seen right. those places. And I'm very, very thankful that God has allowed me to, to, to be born here in America. But we have to Go back to exactly what I said at the very beginning, Matthew chapter 22. Do we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul? Uh, and, And do we love those people who he has created in his own image? He's created those people. Do we love them as we love ourselves? Yes. And, um... I believe that God is about to do something great, yes. both here in America and around the world. I believe there is a, we're on the verge of a great awakening. Yes, we are. And, and he's positioning people. That's right. He's getting people ready, just like what he's done with you. Everybody that listens with me, they know I've been in a big shift over the last year or two of, of my life. But I love what you said in that, yes, it is risky, because I kind of knew, mm. I kind of knew what kinda where knew. you were going to go with this, is that because those of us who take that risk, we step out, we go with Him, 
yes, it's, it, it presses everything within mm. us. It hits our comfort levels. You know, we have to decide, do I go with him or stay with the status quo? I mean, all of those things have to get dealt with. But every person that actually goes with him always will say the same, which is he is worth Whatever we, because I always joke and say, what have we really given up? Hell. That's what we gave up. That's right. We gave up hell. I mean, we have given up our own way. We've given up all these things that we thought would be life to us. You know, I mean, what are we really giving up? I mean, we're just giving up what, what we can do for ourselves and what people can do for us. I don't know of anybody that has truly, you know, given up, you know, for him and gone with him who doesn't say to everybody they meet, oh, you want to do the same. Yeah. Do it. Let's go. Do whatever you have to do. Press forward. It may be difficult. You know, I mean, this is why I want people to hear what goes on behind the scenes because there's a great empathy for the press and the preparation that it takes to get us ready to really go. But we wouldn't give it up for anything That's right. because we'd have to give up him because he's the point. He it's it's he who loves the nations and we love him and he pours this into us and and all of that going And one of the greatest joys is seeing how you impact others. Yes. You know, I, sometimes I wonder, some Lord show me, just show me how I'm making a difference. Mm. Yes, I love the mom in at the mosque here in Oklahoma City and and Lord I I love these people and I and I and I love to talk about it, but but I don't feel sometimes I feel don't feel like I, I make a difference. Yeah. And the other day, just like two day, three days ago, uh, I, I went by my local church um, that I the church that I attend, and a a, a father came up to me, a, 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 a man came up to me and said, "Listen, I just want to to thank you." And I said, "What what are you thinking? I don't even know you that well." He said, "Well, my my daughter was." Uh, was in a class that you taught on Islam. You took her down to the local mosque here. And it says that, she says that you helped her overcome her fear mm. of, of engaging cross-culturally. Mm. And today, she's in South Africa. She's on a YWAM team. And last month, she led two Muslims to the Lord. Wow. And she wanted, she called me and told me to tell you thank you. Wow. Because you... Just spending a few hours with an individual, you can radically impact their life, Mm -hmm. which then they can radically impact their world. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thinking about how God reproduces his life, his heart, his vision. But it does take, because he wants to do this with us and through us, his church. This is... And so when that can happen and the two of you can move as one, all these things mm. that we say and we preach and we quote scriptures, but what does it really mean is that, that you and God move as one. And when he can bring such a flexibility within you, you'll go when he says go and you'll do it that way that right. he wants it done. You know, and, and even just thinking about America, because we do love America. Um, we do love that this is our nation, but what is her call from God to be a light to all other nations? If, if it's only turned inward to us, That's right. what starts to happen is uh, it's kind of a, I don't know if this is the right word, but it starts to sour a little bit. It's it, the most blessed nation that's on the face of the earth. That's it's correct. the most blessed nation in the history of yes. mankind. That's right. And why does God why has God blessed this nation that we might be a blessing to the that's ends right. of the earth that that's his right. salvation 
would be known to all people. That's right. Yeah, so we've got to be those that we don't have to hate one to love the other. Or, no. or It is the joint calling of recognizing who we are in Him, That's right. where we live, the, the generation and the day that we're in. This is our hour. Let's own it. Let's be everything to Him that we've been made to be. Let's live as who we are. Let's be to our generation everything that we were called to be. Because the difference we make may never be fame and fortune. The difference may never be so public that everybody knows Matt Bennett or Nancy McCready. But have we allowed the Lord to do what He wanted in us, with us, through us, together, and that we called others into that same way of life? Because success for every person is, is did I know Him and did I make Him known in the way He gave me to do it? So this is such a huge time, I think, for uh, people to be hearing the very things we're talking about, what it really takes, where it all you know comes from. It's Him. It's His life. It's His mission. That's right? right. You've got your slice. I've got my slice. I'm really glad that those slices all come together just like with Garnet and Francis and that, you know, the way that God puts relationships together and we walk that path and the people that we get to meet, whether that's here in Oklahoma City or you're in Turkey, where, wherever that may be, that living on the edge with him of this is where he's going, this is what we're doing there is so much future in life that is ahead of us that's right but it does take every day for him to prepare us to get us ready we want to own everything that he's doing in us and not waste it because really he's always getting us ready for himself and what he the next thing that's coming and i think the key is is to fall deeper in love with him yes i just keep yes. saying god give me more give me <laughs> yes. more Fill yes. me with more of your love. That's right. Because he loved the world so much That's that right. he, he gave his son. That's right. And if that love, that same love abides in us, yes. abides yes. in us, yes. then we are compelled to go into the world in which he died for. That's right. That's and that's right. what I just keep asking. I, I, I don't have all the answers. That's right. I don't have all the answers. We live in a very, very complex and uh, complex world. And some of the problems in the Middle East and some of the problems racially here in America, they're, they're beyond my comprehension. I, can't, I don't know the answers. But all I can do is say, God, give me more of your love. That's right. Give me more of your love. Yes. Break down the fear Break down the barriers between mankind. Yes. Break down the tribalism mm. that has separated us and pour in your Holy Spirit. That's right. Pour in your Holy Spirit that we might be one kingdom, yes. one body in Jesus That's right. Christ. That's right. Well, and I know you believe that because you've made it possible for me to be here at the Abbey of the Promised Land this weekend for our producer school where we are focused on this abiding mandate, that what is in Him is in us. Yes. We don't have to muster it up. We don't have to live according to just our natural affinities or our natural prejudices, that we can literally abide in Him, and what's in Him is in us. And uh, I just love that He does not put the demand on us to have to, you know, make ourselves love people, to, you know, do all that. But what He says is, you know, I've loved you, now, and I want you to love each other the same way that I've loved you. So when you allow him to love you, 
when you allow him to break your heart, they say, you know, with what breaks his, when you allow that, there's a permission that must be given when he says, let us allow this to happen. You know, let me love you. Let me. There's a, there's a, a place that is so overlooked, I think, where what you are doing, what I'm doing, what we're encouraging others to do is let him speak to you. Let him get you ready. Let him send you. Let him, but it all I think does come down to is let him love you. Yes. And then you will know so deeply, so personally, how you're to love. Plus you'll have a never-ending source of love. The source is him, and we've been made one with him. So this has been fantastic. So can we just quickly have you recap this trip, give information of this trip that you're leaving on, um, or you're beginning October 31st, uh, going to Turkey, and just very quickly say again that you're going to those seven cities and uh, what that is and how they could reach you. Yes, so we're going to begin in Istanbul October the 31st. We're going to meet leaders in national works uh, in Turkey. Um, then we'll travel down to the seven churches to to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Theratyre, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, and Ephesus. Mm. Pray that strongholds would be broken down. Yes. Um, we will encourage the workers that are in that country. Yes. And then we will begin to strategize of how we can have a long-term effect mm. in those nations. I'd like to see uh, a house of prayer yes. being established wow. in Ephesus. Uh, I've already began to look at houses right there on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, the Aegean Sea. Wow. Uh, we can purchase a house for $100,000. We could have a really, really nice house there in Ephesus. Wow. And, and so we can have an ongoing established house of prayer right there in Ephesus. That's and, I, right. and, I, and that's something that's been on my heart for many years. And I think it's going to come to pass. I believe that. And, and so if you would like more contact about how to... To be a part of this team and, and or one in the future, we're, we're going to start doing these at least once a year. Uh, you can go to Spirit Life Menace Men, Spirit Life Men dot org, Spirit Life Men dot org. And that men is M I N, short for ministry. That's right. Spirit Life Men dot org. And the information will be there. That is. It's exciting because this is such a part of discipling nations. It's all, there's this one vision, this one work, but there's all these slices of it that it takes all of the body of Christ, you know, to accomplish all of that. And I, again, love that God puts us in relationship with people for such a time as this. It's time to get going. And so I'm so glad that you were with us today. I'm so glad that you were willing to share so personally uh, how it all began so many years ago, how that's had its outworkings, the years that have come and gone, and yet you are seeing right now in such a fresh work of God. And it's so fresh. I can see sure. it. While we're sitting here talking and while we've been, you know, visiting over these uh, last few hours, you know, that there's such a freshness of the work that he's doing and there's a refinement of your focus. And uh, so to be able to share that with everybody, to me, is very key. Because if people don't see the, the private workings and hear that heart, oftentimes we can't really see for our own selves 
what our process will be and be able to identify and say, well, wait a minute, if that's what it took for Matt, well, then that encourages me because that's going to be a part of what it takes for that's, me. That's we don't just leap into our calling. God has to actually prepare a people, you know, that's get a people ready for himself in spirit. So thank you, thank you, Matt Bennett of Spirit Life Ministries for being on Tent Talk today. I just want to end with, with prayer and a quick prayer and to cover all of this and to cover each of you. So, Father, we thank you for life. We thank you that you have come for us, that you have owned us. That's what it means for us to be a peculiar people. You've drawn a circle around us. You have owned us as your very own. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're building your church around the world. And I thank you for visionaries and builders and equippers like uh, Matt and like Spirit Life Ministries. And I thank you that relational connections are being put together so that the power of the simplicity of those connections can begin to break down walls, break down barriers by the power of your spirit, by the power of the cross. And I thank you, Father, that you have pitched the tent of your presence over us to guard and protect as we determine that we will obey you, that we will go with you, that whatever the risk, whatever the cost, you are worth all, Father. And I thank you that you are causing us to hear your voice, to have conversations with you, Father, like never before, again, under the big tent of your presence. Pitch the tent of your presence right there, Father, in Turkey, with a 24-7 house of worship, prayer, Father, that prayer will go forth as you have determined it, Father that this is what you're doing and you're looking for your people and you're looking for the places, Father, where you can go and you can be who you are. You can be who you are, Father, and you can move unhindered. So we commit all of this into your hands. We trust you for it. Bless every person listening that they might hear your voice, Father, and get up and go with you. In the power and strength of Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it for Tent Talk today. Thanks again to you, Matt, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Say goodbye, Matt. Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> it was an honor to be here. Yes. God bless all Thank you. Thank you so much. See you guys. Bye. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.